good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, good morning. Today is Thursday, the 20th of January, 2022, and we will start off with the nationwide daily COVID report. The country registered 12 more COVID-19 fatalities and 7,122 new cases during the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry announced on Wednesday morning. This compared with 18 coronavirus-related fatalities and 6,397 new cases reported on Tuesday morning. There were 6,950 local cases and 172 imported ones. On Tuesday, 7,460 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospital after recovering from the virus. Now, as we said, 7,122 confirmed cases and there was approximately 1,999 probable cases by way of ATK testing. We also had 12 deaths. 172 cases were from abroad, and out of the 81,602 patients, 40,528 are in hospital. There are 511 in a serious condition and 113 on ventilators. Now, Chanbury Public Health Office is reporting 506 new cases and no deaths. Most new cases were in Chanbury, 56, Siracha, 94, and Banlamung, Patia area, 256 cases. There are now 6,628 patients in care there. And in Phuket, the Phuket health officials were reporting 567 new cases, out of which 475 are local and 92 are from abroad. There were no reported deaths and there are now 4,147 people in care in Phuket province. And moving along to the first story of the day, Anaton looks to delist pot. The Public Health Ministry will on Wednesday propose to totally delist cannabis from the narcotics list, paving the way for households to grow the plant legally. Public Health Minister Anutan Sharavakul said the ministry is taking another crucial step in decriminalising the plant now that a subcommittee on narcotic substances has revised a narcotics list on which cannabis is no longer appearing as a Category 5 narcotic substance. The draft will be reviewed on Wednesday by the ministry's Narcotic Drugs Control Committee, chaired by the Public Health Permanent Secretary. When approved, it will be forwarded to the Narcotics Control Board, chaired by Deputy Prime Minister Wasuna Kremnakam, for further approval. The revised narcotic list will take effect after he endorses it. Mr. Anaton said the Public Health Ministry has done its part and the revised list is in accordance with the new narcotics code which took effect in December last year. It is the Ministry's attempt to streamline and facilitate the process for growers who will be required to notify authorities rather than seeking approval for every cannabis plant they plan to grow for household use, he said. However, he said growers are still required to seek permission if they make cannabis products or make cannabis extracts, which must have less than 0.2% of THC by weight. The cannabis must also be locally grown. What we are doing is to allow people to make the most use of cannabis, especially patients who rely on cannabis-based treatments, he said. 
Legalizing cannabis to allow households to grow up to six plants was a key campaign pledge of the Bumjaitai party during the 2019 general election. The party has been criticised for failing to live up to its promises despite overseeing the public health ministry for three years. The Deputy Secretary-General of the Food and Drugs Administration revealed on Monday that a committee headed by the FDA Secretary-General, Paisal Dancum, agreed to remove all components of the cannabis plant from the Category 5 narcotics list and keep only cannabis extracts on the list. According to Dr. Vitit, the panel decided that only cannabis and hemp extracts would be classified as Category 5 narcotic substances with two exemptions. Dr. Vitit said the exceptions applied to extracts from all components of the cannabis and hemp grown in local licensed farms which comprise less than 0.2 THC by weight and extracts from locally produced cannabis and hemp seeds. The exceptions are intended to prevent an influx of imported cannabis and hemp extracts and protect domestic producers who are granted licenses to grow the plant, he said. Cannabis extracts with less than 0.2 THC by weight are not narcotics, but the plants must be grown on local farms that are granted licenses, he stressed. And next up, government to lower COVID alert, ease curbs as infections slow. The government will lower the COVID-19 alert level and is considering easing more restrictions to boost the economy, the health ministry said on Tuesday in response to a slower infection rate. Among measures being considered are establishing more sandbox areas for tourists who can skip quarantine if they stay in specified areas for seven days and undergo two COVID-19 tests. Public Health Minister Anatan Sharbakul told reporters new sandbox areas could include Chiang Mai, Chambori, Kanken and Samut Prakan provinces. The scheme, a calibrated move to rebuild the decimated tourism sector, currently operates in Phuket, Panya, Krabi and Koh Samui. Mr. Anatan added that the test and go scheme that allows free movement to tourists who pass one COVID test on arrival could be revived as soon as February. He said that since the number of coronavirus related deaths and severe illness was in decline and the outbreak should soon be under control, the COVID-19 alert level will be lowered to 3 from 4 on the government's 5 level system. He added that the Public Health Ministry will on Thursday propose adjustments to the colour-coded control zones to the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration, or the CCSA. Adjustments in the capital would be decided by the Bangkok Metropolitan Administration. However, he said nightclubs, pubs and bars will remain closed for now. The country has recorded 2.3 million cases of COVID-19 and almost 22,000 deaths since the beginning of the pandemic back in April 2020. Nearly two-thirds of residents are vaccinated and 13.5% have received boosters. So this is just talking about basically reducing the COVID alert level. And with that comes obviously less restrictions. Now he's discussing bringing in more sandbox models, but he's also talking about bringing back the test and go. So that to me doesn't really sit and kind of go together very well there's no point bringing back a sandbox model for a week or two especially with the amount of work that goes into organizing all this to bring back then the test and go program and scrap all these sandbox areas now i know the sandbox is pretty much for everybody and the test and go is restricted to about 60 countries but let's be honest the majority of people coming in with the exception of Russia, are coming from those 60 approved countries. Now, I've no idea why Russia has not been placed on this approved list of countries. 
after the last couple of months. I mean, at this stage, if everybody is vaccinated and everybody's getting tests, what is the need for a list? Especially when there's countries like the UK and the USA, where there's very high levels of COVID in those countries. It just doesn't really make that much sense. I think test and go should be open to everyone, as long as you're fully vaccinated and you're prepared to follow the rules that they set. Now, that's just my opinion on the whole issue. If they, of course, are going to have a test and go program. At the end of the day, I would be very happy if they just swung the doors open and, you know, started to get back to normal but we know that's not going to happen for quite a while so the test and go program of course will be the model that they will look to to bring people into the country now it was somewhat successful during november and december about three hundred fifty thousand people came in under the program not too bad i guess for reopening your borders during the middle of a pandemic but again when the government talk about introducing more sandboxes and test and go at the same time they're kind of giving out strange signals to people and at the moment as i've said many many times airlines tourists hospitality companies travel agents from abroad they need to have confidence on what you're doing and to me the best thing to do in all this situation is to have your discussion behind closed doors stop talking about it and this is really to the ministers within the government stop talking about it make your decision have clear concise facts about what you're going to do so you can make an announcement you have all the details that day to give and then you make your announcement but all this talk oh we might do this we might do that it's not helpful in the tourism industry and it seems at this point based on a lot of what i've read over the last few days the tourism industry is what they are basically aiming for to revive their economy so they need to think i think a lot clearer about what they're doing and the messages that they're sending out to you know different sectors of the hospitality industry but we have another story about this coming up later on the show and we'll move along to our next story right now and speeding along thailand expects high-speed rail with china to begin service in 2026 thailand expects the first leg of an 873 kilometer high-speed railway connecting it to china to begin operation in 2026 a senior official said on Tuesday, three years later than planned. Phase 1 links the capital Bangkok to the city of Nakhon Ratchasima, about 200 kilometers away. Phase 2 then connects Nakhon Ratchasima with Nang Kai, bordering Laos, about 330 kilometers further north. The second phase is currently under environmental assessment and is expected to begin service in 2028, said government deputy spokesman Tiralisi Tarasanakul. The project comes under China's ambitious Belt and Road Initiative, which aims to link the world's second largest economy by land corridors and sea links to Southeast, Central and South Asia and Central Asia, and with maritime routes opening up trade with the Middle East and Europe. In early December, a rail link between Laos and China began operations. Trade at the Thai-Lao border that month reached 6.9 billion baht, compared to 4.6 billion baht in December 2020, the spokesman said. Thai and Chinese state firms signed agreements worth 5.2 billion baht for the project in 2017, but saw delays over disagreements on design, financing and technical assistance. And next up, the cabinet approves plan to attract long-stay foreigners to Thailand. The Thai cabinet has approved in principle Two ministerial announcements aimed at attracting four specific groups of foreigners to stay in Thailand for up to 10 years in the hope that they spend their wealth, invest or make use of their special skills for the development of the Thai economy. 
Now, according to the deputy government spokesperson, Dr. Rachada Dandarek, the people to be targeted by the Thai government are the wealthy people or pensioners, professionals who want to work from Thailand and highly skilled professionals. All these people will be granted long-term residence visas, which are good for 10 years, but must be extended after the fifth year of their stay in the kingdom, with the extension period to last for only another five years. Those who believe they are in one of these groups can apply for a qualification certificate by providing evidence and relevant documentation to prove their status with the Thai Board of Investment or Thai embassies and consuls abroad. Those who obtain the certificate can apply for long-term residence visa for up to 10 years for themselves and their escorts. The visa fee is 10,000 baht per year for each applicant. They will be required to report to authorities once a year to confirm their place of residence. With these certificates, foreign professionals who want to work from Thailand and highly skilled professionals can apply for a work permit as a special case for economic development. The work permit for a foreigner under an employment contract will last as long as the duration of the employment contract but not exceeding five years. The permit can be extended in line with the contractual period but not more than five years. The work permit expires at the time of the expiration of the residence visa. Those who do not comply with the requirements may be disqualified. The visa type can be changed in accordance with immigration rules. Now this is the much touted visas to attract the wealthy people to Thailand because remember Thailand are only looking for wealthy foreigners to come here because they believe that there is a queue, a lineup of wealthy foreigners around the world who want to come here and spend their money and invest in Thailand and work from here and just spend all their money here. And unfortunately, I don't believe that really is the case. Now, I am sure that whatever it says in this article or what the government published, it'll be 50 times harder to apply for it when it's time to apply. The idea that you have to prove that you're part of this group may not be as easy as it seems because I'm sure they are only looking for the richest of the rich to come to this country so they can spend their money, leave it all here and then head off with themselves. I'm not quite sure. At the end of the day, I think a lot of people who live in Thailand, who've lived here for 5, 10, 15, 20 years will find this quite insulting, you know, especially married people who've brought up their families here for many years and, you know, contributed to the economy and the country and who live on a year by year visa. Now, another thing to bear in mind will be, of course, the speed at which the government can change their mind on anything. So you may be one of these rich people who come here and you've invested your money and your time under a certain scheme. And you may find that two years down the line, they pull the rug on your feet and they've cancelled it. And then you're left also in limbo. So that's another issue that would need to be ironed out. This needs to be nearly contracted with people because I think they did it with the elite visa once before they had it and they scrapped it and then they brought it back again and there was no refund of any kind of fees or anything it was I think it was back in the early 2000s so yeah these things can happen so you have to bear in mind that you know this may be this government's idea and it could be scrapped when you have a new government who knows so yeah this is also something very much to keep in mind but I wonder what you guys think about it do you think this is going to attract a lot of rich foreigners to Thailand or do you just think it's a whole lot of nonsense it's probably not going to do very much other than end up insulting half the expats that actually do live in the country i'd love to know your opinion as always down below in the comment section
Now, coming back to a story that we touched on at the beginning of the show, the ministry pushes for the Test and Go to be reinstated. The expected resumption of the Test and Go tourism scheme in February should allow the country to attract at least 8 million tourists this year, says the Tourism and Sports Ministry. Tourism and Sports Minister Piyapat Ratchapakran said the ministry plans to push for the resumption of the quarantine-free test-and-go scheme next month as this proposal is scheduled for discussion at the CCSA meeting, which is today, I believe. Yes, it is. He said the public should be confident about the country's reopening to vaccinated tourists because the public health ministry is capable of containing an outbreak as the number of new infections stabilized at 7 to 8,000 for 14 days after the New Year holiday. Moreover, the number of patients with severe symptoms remain low with a fatality rate at only 10 to 20 per day. Concerns about the severity of the Omicron variant have tempered, said Mr. Piapat. He said each major tourism province has to prepare hotel isolation for asymptomatic tourists who test positive, while tourists have to undergo two RT-PCR tests. Tourism is the engine that can revive the overall economy the fastest. It is important to resume travel activities, which have slowed down since the suspension of the test-and-go scheme, he noted. He said tourism might generate nearly 1.3 trillion baht this year, with the domestic market contributing to about 160 million trips and 800 billion baht in revenue. Mr. Piapat said, while 5 to 15 million international arrivals is the target this year, 8 million appears the most likely generating 480 billion baht. The resumption of test and go in February still allows enough time to reach the 8 million arrivals this year, he noted. Mr. Piapat said there are potential markets that can support the tourism industry via four different growth scenarios. The country will receive 5 million tourists if visitors arrive from the UK, Europe, Japan and South Korea, he said. The figure can grow up to 7 million if tourists from India and Russia can visit Thailand or 9 million if, if Chinese arrivals are allowed. Arrivals could reach 15 million with full resumption of cross-border tourism with neighbouring countries. China, Thailand's biggest source market, has to open its borders at some point for inbound tourists to support economic growth, he said. So these figures are all based on just fairyland here. I mean, it's just if they can come, if they can come, if they can come. Well, China probably won't be coming this year. I think we pretty much can write off China for another year. As we see, whenever there is any form of outbreak in that country, it is lockdown cities, 15 million people, every one of them tested within two days, and that's how they do it. They're not allowing people in, and they're not allowing people really out. So I think Thailand need to get over the whole China thing that they've got going on. The Chinese are out. Japan also... I don't know whether the tourism and sports ministry actually researched what he talks about. But, for example, Japan right now have reintroduced more curbs. So people arriving in Japan at the moment have to do, I think it is 10 to 14 days quarantine. And they're only allowing people with, like, resident cards to come. So as a tourist, you can't go there. And at the end of the day, no Japanese tourist is coming to Thailand for two weeks to have to quarantine when they go back home for two weeks. South Korea also is another country that has very, very tight curbs entering the country. So the real hope right now is the likes of Russia, Europe, USA and probably India and even the direct flights from India aren't there at the moment. The test and go program yes as we've discussed at nauseum is a half decent program during a pandemic but I would get away from trying to predict numbers because it's literally impossible during a pandemic. Open up, get what you can get and be happy with that. Now, my only hope for this test and go program, if it's restarted, of course, in February, is that we don't see two RT-PCR tests coming back in. To me, that would be just basically like keeping the sandbox models. And really, we have seen from 
the test and go when they had the two RT-PCR tests after December 22nd, that getting people to have the second one has proven to be quite difficult because people under test and go have that freedom to wander around Thailand and a lot of hospitals don't know that they're meant to be giving them. Hotels can't keep track of all these people, where they've come from, when they're meant to be getting their next test and all that kind of stuff. So I think we need to go back to what we had starting November. I think it was successful for now. When we see Omicron die out, I think we can maybe possibly reopen the borders, but they need to start getting themselves together. And of course, I know you guys, a lot of you guys out there would be hoping that at least a test and go program would be reintroduced so you can start to come back to Thailand or whatever. So let's fingers crossed uh, after the meeting today that uh, we will have very, very, very positive news. And speaking of China, Bangkok City Hall cancels Chinese New Year celebrations amid Omicron spread. Chinese New Year celebrations in Bangkok will be cancelled again this year to prevent the further spread of COVID-19, particularly the Omicron variant. The Bangkok Metropolitan Administration decided to cancel Chinese New Year celebrations for another year. However, decorations and street lighting at Chinatown will still be on display, especially along Yawarat Road and the Odeon Circle. The BMA also noted that Chinese New Year rituals and traditions can still proceed with COVID-19 preventative measures in place. Chinese New Year falls on February 1st this year. Normally, Bangkok's Chinatown would hold public celebrations for the occasion, such as dragon dances, traditional performances, as well as food markets. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Phuket Tollway receives final approval. The cabinet approved 14.6 billion baht on Tuesday to build the long-delayed 3.98-kilometer Katu Patong Expressway with investment via public-private partnership. Government spokesman Tanakorn Wangbunganchana said the Katu Patong Expressway aims to ease traffic jams and support Phuket's smart city development. Of the total, 5.79 billion baht is slated for land expropriation costs while a construction contract is expected through a PPP deal. He said the Expressway Authority of Thailand is required to call a bid for potential private partners between May and June this year, with the winning bidder expected to start construction in 2023 and open the road in July 2027. The road is expected to have two lanes for cars and another two for motorcycles in each direction and includes a 1.85km tunnel. The road runs from Katu municipality to the beach in the same district. Phuket woman scammed out of 500,000 baht by gang posing as police bank officials. A Phuket woman has filed a complaint with police after being scammed of her life savings by what she claimed was a gang posing as police officers and bank officials. And finally, man welcomed to Phuket with gunshot threats. Police have charged a man for intimidating a new resident behind the Tairu shrine by confronting the new resident and firing a handgun and pump-action shotgun into the air reportedly a total of 30 times. Welcome to Phuket. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.